This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn, an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I am so excited to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for Comlex Level 1 prep last year and Level 2 prep this year. For my listeners who are taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE smart bank. Each TrueLearn smart bank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. TrueLearn includes first aid references for each question and an option to create tests based off of topics, so you can use TrueLearn to help prepare for your school's test during the year. Lastly, if you are in your third year like me, TrueLearn also offers smart banks for shelf exams. Go to TrueLearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your new subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. TrueLearn is the first line solution to excelling on your your exam. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson and this is First Line. I'm here to bridge the gap between sophisticated doctor talk and oversimplified patient education to bring listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness. Through an osteopathic lens, First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, hot topics in healthcare, the journey to becoming a physician, mental health, relationships, and even philosophy, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Thanks for joining me for another episode. This episode, I'm going to take some time to talk about my most recent rotation that I just finished. It was my OMM rotation, which, if you don't know, stands for Osteopathic Manipulative Medicine. And this rotation is the one that separates DO students in their third year with MD students in their third year. Otherwise, all of our rotations are basically the same. DO students might have a more holistic view because that's how we're taught. And we are looking through the lens of treating patients with mind, body, and spirit in mind. However, a lot of times in my rotations, and I think I may have mentioned this, my preceptors may or may not be DOs. It's been about half the time my preceptor is actually an MD, and the other half of the time the preceptor is a DO. This rotation is really what makes DOs so special, and DO students have unique curriculum compared to MD students. So this is the hands-on treatment that osteopathic physicians and students perform and if you want to hear more about it I provide an overview about OMM and osteopathic medicine in general in one of my first episodes my second full-length episode you can go back and listen to it it's entitled osteopathic medicine to get started, I'll first start out by talking about the structure of the rotation. So it was a little bit different than prior rotations of kind of going to the same place every day. This one was different in that we had a Monday through Friday schedule that on Mondays in the afternoon, we would be helping teach OMM to second year students as table trainers. If you're not currently in osteopathic medical school, you might not know what a table trainer is. So really that just means that when you're in your first and second year of osteopathic medical school, 
in addition to all of the lectures that medical school has, osteopathic medical schools have this added element of having OMM lectures where we learn about osteopathic philosophy, anatomy, physiology, a lot of musculoskeletal discussions, and then what OMM techniques might be used. So, for example, my first Monday, we actually did something that is very stereotypical of osteopathic manipulative medicine, which is treating low back pain. OMM just does an amazing job treating musculoskeletal pain complaints, and that's because with osteopathic manipulative medicine philosophy, it is aimed at restoring your body's own balance and its own function. With musculoskeletal complaints, we can target the joints, and if, let's say, in your low back, if your lumbar spine is rotated and side-bent a certain direction compared to the other vertebrae, then osteopathic physicians can directly restore it to the proper place. It is using techniques to restore that motion and put your body back to how it is supposed to be. And then also things like counter strain, which works with relaxing muscle, enabling it to stretch, which relieves any spasming, or hypertonicity, which just means that uh, your muscle is tight, inflexible, and those are often what causes pain. We would prepare for that lecture, and then during these labs, Students are learning about each technique, seeing it performed in the front of the room by one of our amazing lecturers. Then they would practice it on a partner. While they are doing that, we have faculty members and also third-year students like me, as well as fellows walking around and making sure that they are doing techniques appropriately and to answer any questions that students may have. So for me, that was a very fulfilling experience. I very much like teaching. I love to share knowledge and be an encourager and a motivator. Working with these students, especially if they are super excited about OMM, it just is an amazing feeling to feel like I'm helping and eating in that pursuit. They are so new to everything, and I think that the questions sometimes that they ask are so basic, but then I remember back to when I was a first-year student only two years ago, and how I probably asked the very same questions, if not even more basic questions, and it's, it's just so great to be able to share my love for OMM and share what I think is limited experience with them, which from their point of view is probably a lot of experience. I remember being in their place and seeing third year students, seeing them as so much more experienced than me and really looking up to them. And now I'm in that place myself and it's just an incredible feeling. So that would be a Monday and that would also be what we would do on Wednesdays. Then on my Tuesday, I was in the clinic. I am lucky enough that my school has a clinic that specifically performs OMM. They have longer appointment times to give osteopathic physicians, DOs, time 
to do history, physical exam, assessment and plan, like usual, but also provides them an extended amount of time so that they can do a full body osteopathic examination and treatment. And this was an amazing experience because thus far on my outpatient rotations, which just means in the clinic, things like family medicine, I really struggled with 15-minute appointments and finding time to perform OMM. A lot of times I would bring up to my preceptors that I would like to perform OMM and I think that the patient would benefit from it. However, usually it wasn't like I wasn't allowed to do it, but it wasn't really encouraged of me to go ahead and do it because we were kind of running on a time crunch. That is something that I think is so unfortunate but it's just the way things go. I think like when people have private practices and they're able to have longer appointment times, I think patients just benefit that much more from it. But in my situation, a lot of times where I was, we had a patient every 15 minutes, which means we got to see more patients. But the downside of it is that patients are probably coming in more often because in 15 minutes, you can only do so much. So if you are coming in with two problems, we can really only address one at a time and then have to get them to schedule a separate appointment for their second. But the OMM clinic was great because we got to do full body OMM. So what I mean by that is that we would often have patients kind of stand and we would really assess their posture. A lot of times, most patients, um, myself included, I think a lot of people are probably with me on this, have what is called forward head. If you don't know what forward head is, all you have to do is stand in front of a mirror, position yourself so that you're standing like sideways. So your like right shoulder is closest to the mirror. You can kind of turn your head and you would see yourself. The idea here is that your ear should actually be level with your shoulder and that should also be level with your hip. All of that should be in the same, same line, like if you would draw a straight line. For most people, if you're standing with your shoulder to the right, you would see that your head is a little bit forward and then it kind of, it almost makes like a snake shape. <laughs> if you would draw on the mirror where your head, your shoulder, and then your hip goes, you would kind of draw this like snake-like S pattern <laughs> because your head would be forward, your shoulders would be back, and then your hip would be forward again. And that's usually most people's posture. So OMM can help correct for that. Also, if you have mild scoliosis, the patients I saw, a few of them did have severe scoliosis. You can believe if you have curves in your spine, that would also affect the way your hips are positioned and then your knees and your ankles and it can affect how you walk too. A lot of people have different degrees of mild scoliosis, which can still present with problems long term, especially. And it can just predispose you to back pain. If you are a young person in your teens, 20s, 30s, and you have back pain, it might be from scoliosis. It could be from muscle spasming. But a lot of people just think like, oh, back pain, like everyone gets back pain. Like that's just normal. Yes, it is very like typical of people to get, but it doesn't mean it's like normal that it like doesn't come from nowhere. It always comes from something. And 
osteopathic manipulative medicine kind of looks for where that really is coming from and we can actually treat it. And you don't just have to chronically take a leave every time you have back pain, which might be every day for some people. That's not, that should not be normal. So we really do a full body exam. That was just an example, but um, we would look at every segment of the vertebrae. We would screen for that. We would screen for the way your hips are moving with your sacrum, which is the lower part of your spine. We would also look for gait abnormalities. We would look at your knees and the way they're moving. And also just shoulder mobility, making sure you have range of motion everywhere, making sure that you have equal strength on both sides in your upper and lower extremities and your arms and your legs. We would specifically take note of anywhere that you've really ever had pain. A lot of people do think of these kind of musculoskeletal complaints, but we also do a lot with things that you might not think about, like treating headaches. A lot of times headaches are caused by tension in the cervical spine, the part of your spine that is in your neck. We do something called cranial technique, which is exactly how it sounds. We assess the movement of the bones of your skull. Additionally, OMM can be used for more visceral issues. So by that, I mean things that involve your organs. OMM can be used to treat for lymphatic flow. So lymphatic flow can be implicated in many different things like healing from infections and any kind of illness. It really does depend on your lymphatic system, which basically is kind of like your circulation, but it's the circulation that takes away toxins from your body. So it takes away fluid from everywhere in your body and then filters through and makes sure that there's nothing that isn't supposed to be there, like waste and foreign bodies like bacteria. And then eventually the lymph flows largely alongside veins and they eventually go back to your veins in the middle of your chest, kind of near your heart. Really any diagnosis largely can benefit from myofascial technique. So the fascia is kind of the connective tissue that kind of surrounds your muscles. And myo just means muscles. So myofascial just means the connective tissue around your muscles. Incredibly important. So any restriction in your myofascial tissue is going to affect your circulation, your lymphatics, as well as your nerves, and then also your your muscles. Now I just want to go into a little bit more of the concepts in OMM to get you to kind of understand tangibly what OMM entails because if you've never went to see a DO or maybe you have seen a DO but they just didn't perform OMM on you, this should be a nice overview. And I do recommend if you want to go look up videos online, uh, you can look up any of these techniques and you can see them done. Just please note that Osteopathic physicians is kind of a term that is unique to the United States. There is a profession called osteopaths that are found in many other countries in the world, but they are not seen as physicians. Uh, they're kind of seen as a supplementary role. They do perform very similar techniques in other countries, but they do not receive the, the medical training like the doctors in those places do. They largely focus only on OMM 
and different techniques. So if you do find osteopaths along your way, a lot of what we do is similar. They are definitely inspired by the osteopathic philosophy, but they are different than DOs, and that is unique to the United States. Counter strain is something that I have mentioned before. Counter strain is largely used for training muscles. The idea here is that we kind of position the muscle in the placement of optimal ease, so where you feel most comfortable. If you have pain in your bicep, for example, we would find something called a tender point, which is a location on your bicep that people that have bicep pain are likely to have pain when you touch it. And osteopathic physicians and osteopathic students memorize where these points are in the body, and these are different from things like trigger points, but kind of similar. So when we touch that area and it elicits pain, then we know that they have a positive tender point. And any tender point can be treated using counterstrain. So in the case of a bicep, we would kind of bring that patient in the motion of a bicep curl, and that shortens the muscle. So lengthening the muscle is basically stretching the muscle. Shortening the muscle is putting it in in the opposite of a stretch. So it's putting minimal strain on that muscle. It's putting it in optimal ease. A lot of times for the patient, that is the most comfortable position. So usually to make sure that we're treating properly, we will ask the patient if the pain has gone away. And we're usually looking for 100% pain reduction that they do not feel any pain. So you can imagine that patients usually like this technique because even just positioning for the treatment makes the pain feel better. So we usually hold for 90 seconds is what we learn. Sometimes it takes less, sometimes it might take more. And this works because it actually resets the muscle spindle reflex and it kind of forces that muscle to relax. It's a very good technique. Next one I want to discuss is the myofascial pathway. So usually the first technique we would use to optimize myofascial pathways in the body is we target the thoracic inlet, which is basically the area around your chest where you would wear a necklace. So it's really like the upper chest. We would do a very gentle myofascial treatment there. And this is where actually the lymphatic system meets the venous system, which means that the fluid from the lymph system enters the body circulation. We have something called the primary respiratory mechanism, which is also known as the craniosacral mechanism because it largely emphasizes the connection between the cranium and the sacrum. And this mechanism is basically focused on th this idea that there's inherent mobility of the brain and the spinal cord. And this makes sense because we have something called cerebrospinal fluid that is fluctuating in the brain and the spinal cord. And also, you have intracranial and intraspinal membrane mobility. Your cranial bones also have mobility because your your skull is actually made up of many different bones. And then you also have mobility of your sacrum with your hip. So the sacrum is just that bone that is on the on the bottom of your spine 
And what we call the cranial rhythmic impulse is what we really look for when we do cranial techniques. And we can actually count how many cycles of cranial fluctuation by feeling your cranium. We know what healthy is, and a lot of times we find that the rate of the cranial rhythmic impulse is actually decreased in patients who have large amount of stress in their lives, patients with depression, patients with chronic fatigue, and even patients that have chronic infections as well. We will kind of feel this decreased rate. So their cerebral spinal fluid is fluctuating at a slower rate than average. And osteopathic manipulative medicine can actually treat this to kind of restart that process of circulating that cerebral spinal fluid, which is an amazing technique that I would love to see being used, especially in this day and age where so many people are struggling with stress and depression. And I think that osteopathic manipulative medicine is definitely going to help so many people if more physicians are using this technique and more patients are asking for this technique. And that technique is called CV4, and it works to just increase that cranial rhythmic impulse. Next, I want to discuss a little bit about what is called Chapman's points, which is an interesting concept, and I'll try to explain this as simply as possible. But it's something called a viscerosomatic reflex. So breaking down that word, viscero just means like the organs in your body, and somatic means of the body. And for this concept, it really just means like the musculoskeletal system. So what is on the outside. So inside reflecting on the outside. The idea here is that you can have something wrong with an organ in your body, and it will actually produce a small palpable so you're able to touch it nodule like a small kind of bump it's almost like a ball i think uh we like to learn it as like a little like tapioca rice almost you can definitely feel it under the skin and what's interesting is that they show up on very predictable places depending on what organ it is. So students a lot of times do not like Chapman's points because there are so many to memorize, but they are so useful. There will be a Chapman's point on the front of your body and there will also be one on the back of your body, usually somewhere along the spine. So you can check both of them and often if you have something wrong with an organ in your body, often you might be able to feel both of them. I think an example that I can use personally is that I always have a Chapman's point on my third intercostal space. So that really just means between my third and fourth rib, I can feel, it's usually on my left side, I can kind of feel along my sternum, which is that breastbone in the middle, I can feel between my third and fourth ribs, I can usually feel a small Chapman's point. And that is because I have asthma. <laughs> and when my asthma flares, I can definitely feel it. Usually it's there, but it's interesting because that Chapman's point corresponds to the upper lung specifically. So a lot of times people with asthma or maybe even things like COPD maybe even pneumonia or tuberculosis, they will have the same Chapman's point. 
you won't 100% of the time have that Chapman's point, but a lot of times your body will produce a, a reaction, this viscerosomatic reflex. There's something going on in the lung and it is showing up in my body. And this is very much linked to this idea of holistic healthcare and mind, body, and spirit connection because we are beginning to learn so many bodily symptoms that are caused by something going on with with mental health, that something isn't right, whether it be anxiety, depression, or stress, a lot of times we know now that it shows up in the body. And osteopathic physicians have known this for years, and they understand it, because a lot of times something in your body can show up in your body in a different way, viscerosomatic, maybe even somatosomatic, so it shows up one place and then it also shows up another place. You can even have crazy things like somatovisceral reactions. There's something called Travel trigger point, somatovisceral reflex. So the body impacts the organ. And this is when a tight pectoralis muscle on your right side can cause or perpetuate supraventricular tachycardia, which is a dangerous arrhythmia where your heart is beating too fast, you could have palpitations. And you can actually treat this trigger point, decrease the, the pain at the trigger point, and it can even cause the arrhythmia to stop, if not help the arrhythmia. Going back to Chapman's points, I'll just list a few of them just for your interest. Like, for example, the thyroid Chapman's point you can find between your second and third ribs. You can easily Google Chapman's points and it will show you a map of the human body and where to find all of them. So a lot of them are between ribs. Your large intestine or your colon, a lot of times those Chapman's points will show up on your femur, on your iliotibial band along your lateral thigh. You will be able to palpate those. And that shows up for people that have things like chronic constipation, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, they'll a lot of times have Chapman's points there. And a part of osteopathic medicine that I find really interesting is its impact on the nervous system. So the nervous system, there's the somatic nervous system, which is, again, means body. So it's what you control. And then there's the autonomic, which Sounds like automatic, and that's a good association to make because this is stuff that you can't really consciously control. So that autonomic system can be separated into sympathetic and parasympathetic, which basically that's your fight or flight, which is sympathetic, and then parasympathetic is your rest and digest. So it's kind of these two different extremes of being super energetic, fast heart rate, or you have your rest and digest, which is largely focused on your gastrointestinal tract working and a slower heart rate. Of course, there's many more things that go into that, but that's kind of just the general idea. Your body actually always has like a balance of these two. Osteopathic medicine aims to 
restore your body's balance. So a lot of times people are revved up. So we have increased sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight, and stress increases this fight or flight. Things like cortisol, the stress hormone, increases this fight or flight epinephrine into circulation. So usually we want to decrease the sympathetic nervous system and increase that parasympathetic nervous system for the most part. And osteopathic manipulative medicine is great for that. So your sympathetic nervous system largely involves the sympathetic chain, which is found along your thoracic spine, which is really just your upper back. A lot of times osteopathic medicine are techniques focus on decreasing muscle tension and myofascial tension in these areas and it can actually help that sympathetic drive relax and normalize really. Parasympathetics can be targeted right under your skull in the bone of your skull called the occiput which is kind of like the the back of your skull. That is where the vagus nerve exits the skull so that is where we try to free up myofascial tissue and muscles. And then also it has a hot spot in your sacrum with your pelvic splanchnic nerves. We also target the sacrum and make sure the sacrum moves well and the myofascial tissue is freed up there as well. And a lot of times patients can benefit from this kind of treatment in whatever ailment they have. There are also tons of techniques that specifically target abdominal organs that can help with things like constipation, diarrhea, abdominal pain, and it focuses on the nerves in the abdominal region and also the vasculature and the myofascial tissue. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm on Instagram at Firstline Podcast. Also on Facebook, facebook.com slash firstlinepodcast. You can reach out for any questions, comments, suggestions, feedback. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again.